Well, Chris, around this time last year, we did a review for Mortal Kombat, which was a movie that was released on a streaming service that seemed to finally be a step in the right direction for video games for movies. And now here we are a year later, and we have Halo, the long-anticipated, long-in-production hell adaptation of the very, very popular video game series that premiered on Paramount Plus this past Thursday. And did it actually push video games forward a little bit? Who knows? But we're going to figure that out on tonight's episode. Chris, do you have anything you want to tell the people before we get started? Yeah, I think it's important for them to know right here at the top that I am a diehard Halo fan. Halo has been right up there for me with Star Wars. We don't talk about Halo as much, though, on this show, considering this isn't a video game podcast. And so with that being said, I am uh, I'm very excited to unpack this debut episode of this show. 100%. All of that and more. Stay tuned. weird one because this is something that I felt like should have been a lot bigger than it really was and every time I look online in order to like just see what kind of the reaction to this is going to be it just seems kind of lukewarm like I guess this is what happens when you get like a really really highly anticipated adaptation of something that was that is you know very very beloved by the fans of it and then it's but but then it, it also this also was another one of those weird products that seemed almost doomed to fail before it even got off the ground. I mean, we'll, we'll break that down more so in the specific nitty gritty, but like, I don't know, like, is it just me or did you get like a weird feeling going into this one? Like you felt like, wow, I feel like this is only the adaptation of one of, if not the biggest video game, you know, ever, at least amongst people our age. And it feels like this isn't being talked about as much. Yeah, we have a lot to speak about here tonight, guys. And as we are newer on Twitch, we want to welcome you all into the Talking TV podcast. Thank you for joining us this evening. If you're listening on audio, you're one of our older friends, and we appreciate your continued listenership and patronage. And of course, please subscribe, hit the like button on any clip you might find anywhere that has a like button, turn on a bell to get notified on any website that has that feature. Of course, follow us at Instagram at official Talking TV podcast, as well as Twitter and Facebook. And for more content like this, and yeah, um, I think this show is an interesting beast because it's I don't know what kind of sign it is because I, I don't want to and, and you you said a comment to me prior I've been writing a review right now for our good friend Joe of guyatthemovies.com uh, I'm going to try my best at doing a, um, a weekly review series for this uh, this show as each episode debuts week to week and and so you know I, I didn't want to be too harsh and I knew my bias going into it so you actually said to me in the pre-lobby those fun conversations the fans normally don't get to hear. You said, I, I'm surprised you weren't that harsh. And I said, it's because it's just the debut. Like it, and, and then this is what I didn't tell you in that moment, but it certainly wasn't amazing. I think anyone with eyes and any sort of filmic knowledge would be able to pick up on that pretty easily. Um, but like, I, I also don't think it deserves to be fully written off yet. Although I, I, I think I am the farthest from being impressed. <laughs> I've, I've been in a very very long time especially when something has big shoes to fill uh you know an adaptation of this caliber because i i think we should just jump into the history here yeah i was gonna say yeah, let's jump in you're, you're the halo expert here not me i've made it very very apparent in the tiktoks i've put out and in my again not a video game guy have not played this game at all have not played pretty much almost every popular video game that's not on the nintendo 
3DS console of the last, let's say, like 25 years, that being my entire existence. So, yeah, you're the gamer guy here. Go. Talk about Halo. What is it in its conception, the history of it? What What is Halo for those who have lived under a rock like myself and have no knowledge of the history of this game? Yeah, so Halo is a first-person shooter. And it's uh, one of the games that revolutionized the most popular genre of video games ever. <laughs> um, first person, obviously, you know, you only see your hands. It's to mimic pretending that you were that person holding the weapon. Um, and it's uh, it's known for its gameplay, its graphics, and the way that it felt so realistic. The mechanics are a big part of uh, video games, making when you jump feel like someone would jump in real life. And, and being able to translate all that in a, in a proper, in a, in a way that makes sense and isn't silly, but also still has the mysticism of whatever world you're playing in. Halo being obviously an alternate universe that isn't Earth, but it's got an Earth-like planet in the shape and form of Reach that gets, you know, aliens come down. And, and we'll talk about the plot and storyline later. But Halo is known for revolutionizing a genre in the early days of gaming, really. In, 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 the, in the first 20 years of gaming, Halo comes out. Combat Evolved, I believe... It was 2001, and, and I can just double-check that real quick. But it was it was just such a groundbreaking game because no other game was at the level that Bungie was at with their mechanics, with the realism, with the feel. 2001, November 15th, yeah. No other game studio was at that level at that point in time. So it really revolutionized and opened the door for the first-person shooter to become the main medium of what they call AAA, which you could think of AAA as like a Warner Brothers or a Disney, and you could think of indie in the video game world as like an A24 or a Neon. So when you hear me use AAA for all of our film film heads out there, think, you know, anyone that owns like a big IP. It was really insane for Bungie to do this as not a AAA studio at the time. They were an indie studio who became AAA off the success that Halo had given them. Um, just like, you know, I'm sure Blumhouse might do in a few years, becoming more of a major player as their movies continue to make an insane amount of money off the few dollars they throw at them. Bungie, at first, kind of, they struggled with this game just being so well-crafted. And so since then, Halo became just an iconic player in the franchise. But it wasn't just the mechanics and the realism. I think for some gamers, that's all that matters. Um, how much fun you can have and how real it feels smashing things and shooting things up. But uh, it was the story and the narrative that was also very compelling and, and prominent in a way that you hadn't gotten in this genre yet. Uh, up until this point in time, your um, first person storyline games were more focused on like the shooting them up and, and, and mechanical aspects of the gameplay rather than on the narrative. This was one of the first real like cinematic experiences in a game where... Um, you know, the cutscenes brought you from point A to point B. Like, they were almost like match cuts or wipes. They just cleverly got you from one part of playing, take a breather, to the next part. Um, and and each, each level played into the narrative. And then the games, you progress through Master Chief as he's fighting this war. And they get very intricate, and the plots are, are, are woven. And, and, and what we get in this first episode is... um. A very similar narrative to what we have gotten in the games, except we're, we're a little bit beforehand. Um, the doctor, I forget her name right now, um, the woman with the blonde hair, um, doctor, she actually, um, she, she turned herself into Cortana in the... Oh, um, yeah, Dr. Halsey. 
Dr. Halsey is, is dead when you meet her in the games. Okay. Um, here she's alive. I'm, I'm assuming she's going to, I mean, the story goes, she turns. I mean, we, we see it in the trailer. Cortana's yeah. going to pop up in the trailer. So we assume yeah. that she's going to die and then her consciousness yeah. will be transferred into it. Right. So this is before the games, which is cool because we kind of get to see what happened before the stories we know and love. And, and, and Halo became the end all be all game. And it wasn't really until Call of Duty came around four or five years later that there was even the hint of a competitor it just completely monopolized the video game community if you liked first person shooters the only thing that was maybe stopping you from playing halo was the sci-fi but the thing is it wasn't really as deep of sci-fi as everyone makes it out to be because yes you are completing narrative checkpoints throughout the missions but you're damn well shooting and bashing your way to every single aspect of it and it was absolutely just the perfect kind of game for for giving you Something that traditionally point-and-click side-scroller computer games did in a narrative that was actually strong and really compelling in a first-person shooter, but also doing what first-person shooters were trying to do at that point in time, which is offer a realism and like an addictive quality that was kind of there. I mean, we can't sell Doom short. We can't sell Wolfenstein short at all, the first first-person shooter. But I mean, I think this game stands on the shoulders of those games and clearly takes those influences. I mean, Master Chief is an homage to Doom Guy. That's a fact. Doom guy. I don't know if you know about Doom. Um, I know. I know a, a little bit based off of the shitty early two thousand movie with the yes. Rock and Carl Urban. Oh, they made a movie about it. <laughs> they did. Yeah, with the Rock or okay. early the Rock. I'm. T- I think. I so, think this is this is like well, like a second movie he did after the Scorpion King or, or Mummy Two, whichever one he was in first. It was like yeah, early Bungie, days of the Rock's movie career. And Bungie has said that Halo is inspired by doom i mean master chief is an homage to doom guy who never takes his helmet off he's essentially for those of you who aren't familiar with doom um he's essentially like um the blade of the mcu fighting like demons and you know vampiric creatures and stuff but so he's an homage and like this game clearly knows its history the creators i think that's why it was so successful and it stayed successful until they sold it to a studio called 343 um bungie had gotten acquired um, by Microsoft that was an exclusive Microsoft game. And, and I think something happened there. Um, I watched the documentary not too long ago, actually, in preparation. Was that post, like, Halo 2, Halo 3 time period? Uh, we're yeah, Halo 2, um, because the success of the first one was so amazing. Side note, I think Halo 2 is my favorite of all the games, but they're all so good until 343 takes over with the fourth one. Um, and there was um, other alternative titles, too. So there was three main titles, but there was, like, spinoffs, you can call them, that, that Bungie did as well that were all pretty tight. But uh, yeah, so it's like unfortunate that um, Halo kind of begins to uh, suffer with 343. And I think that's why this this show suffers a bit, because 343 was the studio credited with working with Paramount to forge and craft this narrative, this show, which it's fine because they're using the original source material. I mean, they're going before the, the games even take place. So they're they're if they're staying true to the chronology of the games as well. So they are only using the Bungie source material. It's just that everyone from Bungie predominantly stayed with Bungie. There's a series called destiny, which is actually getting talked about in Hollywood right now as well, which is Bungie's new baby, which is equally as successful, equally as huge as halo. Everyone kind of calls it the new halo because halo is so in the dumps right now. Um, and, and so it just shows that like that studio is the heart and soul of making a good game that not only gives the people who just want to shoot things what they want, but the people who want to shoot things and then have some narrative and some enrichment and some like deep story and characterization with that. 
Because the second they left, the reviews for Halo started tanking. The sales didn't quite tank right away because we all know how IPs can still put butts in seats even after they've post-glory days. But as we've seen with Star Wars, there's only so much people can take. And Halo finally hit that point as well. And so I think that's the sad part about this is that it's 343 going back and forth with Paramount as the consultants not to Bungie. craft this and keep it true. Not Bungie, not the original creator. It's like the last few seasons of Game of Thrones, right? Benny Hoff and Weiss, and this is just because George R. R. Martin's too busy writing his blog, but they didn't have what oh, he don't wrote. Don't get me started. Do I not know, get me started. But, but work with me here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get your I, I get what you're saying, though. Story. I get what you're saying, though. Like you know I said, what I'm you're saying? speaking my language. And so it just sucks because it's like they are trying their best and I commend them for sticking to the source material, but just like with Benioff and Weiss, it was never going to be as nuanced because Martin hadn't given them the Bible yet to go right. off of. And so that's kind of where, that's kind of where it like just some stupid decisions have been made that I don't think if, if Paramount would have asked the original creators, they would have cleaned this thing right up. You know, we can get more into the specifics afterwards, but that's kind of the history of how we got I mean, if, if we're going to get into the whole, oh, well, once again, you know, corporate suits, much preferring to deal with corporate suits, oh, that ruined the original IP rather than dealing with the direct creators. Hmm, where have I heard that one before? Not at all. Not not at all her, ever heard of in Hollywood, you know, screwing over the original creators who actually, like, know the, the source material and know the fan base directly, you know? Hollywood is so good at doing that. No, but so I, I think there were a couple points that I wanted to bring up from your initial review that I thought were really interesting. Obviously, like you said, the fact that despite the obvious problems and it's funny because you called me is like this my review from guy at the movies yes indeed the oh, okay yeah definitely so the thing that I, I i thought was really interesting that just as i could appeal to because like i said i've no knowledge you know no history with the video games i looked it up it basically seems that it, you know it seems to be the story itself seems to be this really interesting like kind of geopolitical struggle where you have this you know back and forth between obviously the humans whatever they're called i don't i don't know what the um what, what what the group that they form is called versus the uh this, this yeah this alien race called um what is it the um the, the, covenant. the covenant I believe is what it's called yeah the covenant it's all biblical references yeah it, 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 that seemed pretty obvious to me there and essentially how like you know the kind of the the commoners are not at all a fans of the what what is it the marines uh I believe are the section of the super soldiers that are kind of trained in order to hunt down aliens because they're essentially used as like the Spartans yeah the Spartans so yeah. Mm-hmm. So, that, so correct me if I'm wrong. It seems like they are essentially like the Spartans are essentially tools in order to like you know spread more political propaganda around the universe in order to like try and manipulate people towards you know going into the cause of fighting against the Covenant. And majority of people don't want to go along with that. Am, am I am I am I close there as far as that goes? I mean, they're like the clones. You know, think of them like the clones from Star Wars. That they just sense. do what they're told. Yeah, until, of course, the one grows a conscience, as we see in this episode, you know, because you have Master Chief recovering whatever artifact that is. I don't know what artifact that is. I'm assuming you do. And I'm assuming it's going to play a huge part in the in the creation of Cortana as things go on. But it eventually results in, okay, so there was a survivor of this one group, and she's not going to go along with the typical ordeal. So, obviously, they want Master Chief to kill her, but Master Chief, of course, grows a conscience at the last minute because the device, whatever they call found, is causing him to have flashbacks. And then it, it sets off a troop of cliches that we've seen a million and a half times before but i but i wanted to draw it back to a to a sentence that you said in your review which is where you commend them for not spending too much time with the exposition for taking a much more refined show don't tell approach and conveying the world and political landscape which we get in which we get acquainted i think that's kind of where i want to start off my review because right off the bat i think the what impressed me the most about the first half of this episode is i'm like wow okay i mean there's like a little sparse bits of dialogue but they open with this really 
awesome, like really surprisingly well done action sequence. And like I knew, here's the thing, right? So we hear the budget tags that are announced on all of these different shows, you know, all the Amazon shows, WandaVision, all the rest of the Disney Plus shows. We've seen, we hear so much about the budget tags. And that's yet another thing that's caused me to groan as far as, okay, just more preemptive thing that they're trying to be like, oh, look how expensive our show is. Therefore, it's going to be better than anything else that's on, right? It's yet another desperate, pathetic attempt in order to try and get them to watch more of their disposable content than most things are now as far as that are produced by the streamers. As the streamers seem to have taken over the place of Hollywood Studios as far as just consistently churning out this massive amounts of content that are really just as generic as the rest and they're trying to use whatever behind the scenes tools they can in order to get people to watch them so that happens and the one thing i will say is that this show is probably the first of these shows that i'm like wow okay this is actually like shows off the money and like i, I can see the i can see like the well done effects here and it's not like distracting in any way you know and i and i thought that was pretty compelling as first you know like the fact that it's like wow okay so much of the time obviously tv is a medium that is framed around people talking in rooms but i'm like wow we actually got like a really dope ass action sequence to you know lock me in and gear me in and, and it surprisingly i thought conveyed a lot of the geopolitical stuff around the setting, you know, surprisingly well, you know, in a really, really effective manner in a way that I can't even say that, like, Mortal Kombat has done recently, you know? Like, I don't know. What, what was your take on that? Yeah, I think um, the thing about Halo is it's not... Um, there is a lot of this geopolitical struggle to uncover, and I think they gave you the gist, and it was a really great crash course, and it was an interesting, great opening sequence. We established a lot of the struggle of which we'll see going forward. The one thing I will say, while Halo is, or was for the time, one of the more cinematic and, you know, um, more narratively crafted shooter experiences, I mean, this thing wins the awards for being a video game, and, and the writing would need to have been further adapted to bring it up to a Hollywood standard. I think game designers who are quite literally game designers first, screenwriters second, did an excellent job and they fit the medium perfectly. But I think that's why like this hedged so heavily on the adaptation because it's not generic, but it's thin um, from a way a screenwriter would approach it because so much of the game, you, you, you play through it. And so it's, it's, it's not as much of a narrative game as much as it is you're quite literally shooting the whole time then you have like a five right. minute cutscene, and then you go right. back and shoot for another 45 they, they, minutes they seem to have done a really good job of balance at least the game developers it seems like of balancing out like the rich and awesome lore of the story with just a very simple shoot em up you know first person shooter kind of style that a lot of people seem to prefer obviously at least amongst the gaming crowd yeah yeah i agree but also what i think the show did well in its opening sequence and first act of the ep first episode was realize that there is a lot here and, and and a lot of this could be foreign if our if our audience is more so paramount plus users and less halo fans who are signing up to watch this show so let's not give them anything that's going to be too overwhelming let's sort of show them what this show is going to be about which is a little bit of geopolitical mixed in with like this crazy space marine versus alien action shoot 'em up feel, and I thought that I thought it was really great because it gave the show room to grow as well. Like I was afraid they were gonna like tell us everything at once, be like, okay, these are the good guys and these are why they're good, and this is everything they're fighting for. These are the bad guys. These are why they're bad. This is everything they're fighting for, and these are the people that suffer, and this is why they're suffering. This is why they defected, and this is why it sucks that they're being. It's like there is still a little air of mystery to nuance into that. I think Hollywood is actually doing a good job with like we're building a roller coaster here. Like I, I was afraid we would have just info dumped because there's a lot of info to get through 
and I think the fact that it's a prequel bodes well because it gets real complicated later on. And I'm glad we don't have to deal with that right out the gates. And it makes sense because there's a second season. So I'm actually confident in that. Where I think the show struggles with is how it's going about achieving about that. And all I actually this. have a thing that I wanted to bring up to that real quick, which is that famously the creators have stated in a couple of interviews that while, they, while their storyline that they've developed for the show obviously has a lot of ties to the original source IP. Obviously, like you said, this is a prequel that takes place before the events of the first, um, you know, of the first video game main timeline. They have said that they are good, that the main storyline will not follow specifically the events of the game line. So they're not going to be directly adapting from the games, more so just pulling bits and pieces and kind of doing their own thing, essentially. That's cool. And that gives me hope. And that's why I think I said in my review, my biggest issue wasn't with how they're doing it, it's like, or it wasn't, it wasn't with what they're doing, but with how they're doing it. Cause like, I, I don't know, the casting is boring. Like I, I said it was okay because like it wasn't yeah. horrible. Like it wasn't off putting, but I feel like everyone's just trying so hard to like be the archetype of which they are, which again, they were adapting it from a video game and video game writers, their first and foremost obligation is to make it a game first, then a narrative structure second. So it makes sense that like, She's this scientist that has created these super soldiers who has her own interests. And it makes sense that she's this politician that has this power hungry lust above everything and wants control above everything to win this war. And it makes sense that Master Chief is this strict soldier with no emotions and that he will come to life because that will make it interesting. But like, why'd they have to do it so on the nose? Like, where's the nuance? You know what's funny about that? I think that's really interesting that you bring that up because I think that so much of the time, right, we've talked about problems with video game adaptations being that they always seem to try and capture a narrative without seemingly almost like essentially replicating the gameplay elements that people like, which is always, again, like it's a constant source of clashing between between the two different types of storytelling because obviously what video game you know players look for versus what moviegoers look for within their stories and that constantly seems to be at struggle and this is I think the first time where I've seen wow they really nailed down all the video game elements to the point where literally you see from Master Chief's perspective they put the first person shooting thing in the show itself which I thought was kind of cool from an action standpoint but man I'm like, like this is the first instance where it's like wow they translated the video game storyline so perfectly that they forgot to, you know, make it a show. I know, right? I've never seen that before. I I guess that makes this revolutionary in a sense, but I don't know if that's a good thing, you know? So it's like, it's a true adaptation. Yeah. But like, it's not, I mean, so now I think video gamers need to be careful what they wish for because I wasn't the one who was asking for a true adaptation. I understand that you need to adapt to the medium of which you were working within. I think I've said that 90 times already, and I won't say it again, but I just want to make it clear before I say this. I understand that, but a lot of the video game community, they want that shit to be exactly like the way they play it, and can yep. you see now why it doesn't work? Yep. Because I don't think these are bad actors. I'm gonna They're say not it, amazing it's the actors. It's same thing with comic books. It's the same thing with comic books. In fact, I would make the argument now that because a lot of the stuff that we're getting now is way more so closer to the comics than it ever was before, I would argue is why we're seeing a decrease in quality. Because again, they're doing comic book storytelling first, not movie storytelling. And I know a lot of people Ooh, like that. Are- but they're two different. They're two different mediums. They are two different types of storytelling mediums. And while and 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 there's a reason why the direct translation does not always go over well. You know, I think the only reason why you're still seeing such, them having such a hard time with video games is because the reception to 
the majority of the video game adaptations we've gotten in the past has been so lukewarm, and they still have yet. They are they have been really been trying. They've really been trying in the last couple of years, but they still have yet to find that one kind of apex property. The way that you know Disney now has with Marvel, and the way that the rest of Hollywood has kind of circumvented the wagons there. They still have yet to find that one video game property that is just seamless that everybody likes. You no, know, they've they've been trying to death. You know, they've they've succeeded in little bits and pieces there. Sonic was for the most part a big hit. Mortal Kombat was what it was. They've got this now. They've got the Pikachu, Mario. baby. The Detective Pikachu. They've got the Super <laughs> That's Mario really the biggest movie. hit. Right, but like, who talks about that movie still, I guess? I mean, we both love it, but I've heard nobody, like, there are still people I know who are excited for Sonic 2. And, and just because it's got knuckles in it. And I'm like, this is just the stuff that goes over my head because, again, I didn't grow up with, mm -hmm. I didn't grow up playing video games. So I have no sort of emotional attachment to any of these IPs the way that a lot of people do. But I think it's really interesting where it's like, okay, the, like, it's, it's interesting, like, to kind of witness how they continue to experiment, but how they still haven't quite gotten the. You know, that, that like that perfect, not that perfect adaptation, but that one IP that simulated just everyone is just like, yes, you got it. You know, and like, obviously, yeah. this is not the last one. They've got that Borderlands movie that supposedly they're still working on. Netflix announced some other adaptation of something that I already forgot about because, again, not a gamer here. But I don't know. Like, I, I guess this, I know this is jumping the gun a little bit, but it's like, is, is pursuing like video game adaptations like a moot point at this point or no you do you, like do you think that there is still something there and it's just a matter of gamers just need to understand that they are two different mediums that are not going to work perfectly if you adapt them like succinctly I mean I, to answer your question I think if Twitter didn't exist we wouldn't have these problems well, obviously but I think fan service and the need to trend and the need to garner good faith and online community and and court of public opinion is is why we haven't had a good video game adaptation why Marvel stuck to a formula and why there seems to be um, only a DC movie once every three years that even gives the slightest hint of an artorist vision to uh, a mainstream IP, which is, is obviously doable. Look at Joker, look at Batman, but we just don't get them that often because it takes like a Matt Reeves who doesn't give a F at all about what people think. He just wants to make the movie he wanted to make to come along and do that. But those guys are rare. You know, those, those guys and girls don't really exist that often. And so that's why I think this quite literally feels like, okay, we're literally just making this feel like a video game like, I think when you watch something and you can feel the transition from act to act and it doesn't feel seamless, it feels like, oh, okay, we have to put an act two here, an act three here, and you can feel the archetype oozing through the performance of the character. It's not necessarily bad. Like, it, it was, it hit the beats it needed to hit. But I almost feel like they needed, like they had a great rough draft, and they needed to go back in and then maybe do a few more passes. Like it, it was, it was passable. It, it wasn't terrible. At least it had direction. But they just didn't nuance it enough. This lacked the nuance in its debut to separate it from the game. Because I'm not gonna lie to you, I would have much rather have spent an hour revisiting a game that I love that I know is perfect, instead of you know, playing the game again instead of watching this debut episode because well, I didn't so, get much different. So let's get into a little bit of the history of this because this is TV show famously has had a very, very long and rather hellish production schedule. This thing has been around since 2013. I'm checking now. And the reason why it even got made and why they've, I'm seeing now why the reason why they're, they've stuck with it is because it was Spielberg's production company that did it. Amblin Entertainment 
famously has Spielberg himself has been attached and executive producing this thing since May of 2013. Obviously, it was going to be distributed through Xbox and Amblin uh, Entertainment. Um, it was still an active development around 2015. And then in 2018 was when Showtime officially was given a 10 episode series order, finally, with the showrunners being announced. Uh, and then, obviously, on December 3rd, uh, it was going to be. Uh, a uh, show run by Rupert Wyatt, who is the guy who directed the first Planet of the Apes movie. And then around uh, on December 3rd of that year, Wyatt steps down. That was also around the same time that they were constantly like announcing a new director for the Gambit movie that never happened every three weeks. You know, he was one of them. Uh, Gore Verbinski of the Pirates fame was one of them. We don't need to get into that one. And so he was replaced by Otto Bathurst in 2019, who also directed the pilot as well as several other episodes. They reduced it from 10 to nine episodes. So it seemed like things were finally going up. Then, obviously, the pandemic happens. That forestalls it even further. And then on February 24th of last year, the series was officially moved from Showtime to Paramount+. Plus. Showtime president Gary Levine said that the show was an outlier for the company's brand. And as a big, broad tentpole show, it seemed to be a better fit on Paramount service, especially considering that we know that Paramount is looking for a show in order to sucker people in because it seems like the only per the only shows that they had on their service, uh, you know, actually worth watching outside of the Star Trek shows, which again, only a very few select people watch, even not, not even diehard Star Trek fans that I know really enjoy those shows are the Taylor Sheridan verse. You know, the shows like Yellowstone in 1883 shows that our parents, friends might watch, but nobody our age will watch or has even heard of those shows. So Paramount plus needed a show that would like, you know, actually get like people our age, like click that. Subscribe okay. Can button. I just say, because I, I actually made a trial to, um, to do this, to, to watch this legally. And they make oh, you in wait. the beginning pick three shows that oh, can wow. sort of help them determine oh, my God. how they can better curate your homepage so they can oh, get no. an idea. Like, so the the algorithm wants to know, like, oh, no. so he likes a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Oh, I'm so glad I didn't make a Paramount Plus account. I'm so glad I, not even Netflix did that. Dude, I literally, I picked Halo, of course, because it was right there at the top and it was what I had went to watch. I, I and I was this. like, it's like, you know what? This is going to see, this is going to determine what they have. So I'm going to just scroll through and see what else I can find. I should be able to find three shows, right? I mean, come on, who couldn't? And so you could. I, I scroll for about a minute and I see iCarly reboot and I'm like, yeah, the iCarly reboot. That was their other big thing they had last year. Yeah. I'm like, okay. I mean, I'm never going to watch this because I'm not 13 anymore, but I, I, I haven't seen anything and I kind of want to watch Halo now. So I'll just click it. And then I scrolled another, like another minute, and I've realized I was in the trenches. So I just picked whatever oh, random man. ass cooking show, and got on with it. Oh so, man! Oh, that's yeah. so depressing. Do with that information so what you will. Different reasons, but oh man, you just made me so much happier <laughs> that that I didn't get the subscription to watch this episode because I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm not gonna watch anything on Paramount. Paramount, but even before C Paramount acquired CBS, like CBS already had nothing that I liked watching. I'm like, I think the last CBS show that I watched was How I Met Your Mother when that was still on the air. I haven't watched a single show since because all that they have are like reruns of like all the Dick Wolf shows that my grandma loves that I consistently make fun of her for watching. Because I'm like, Grandma, it's literally the same thing every single episode. How you do you watch hilarious. this? What? Shudder has more of a purpose That's than not, Paramount and Shutter, Plus. And Shudder is a service that is only available for one month out of the year for well, every year. It's, it's available year-round, but it really only has value in October. Okay, okay. Who wants, that to, makes watch, more sense. Who wants still, to have a Shudder subscription still, any other like, month the, the, but October? Paramount is entering the streaming game, where which is entering the streaming game of a field that has become very, very packed and very, very competitive in the last two years alone, really, since a lot of these services were announced. 
And the fact that they already don't have anything to begin with, and like I understand they're still the, they're still the new kids in the block. They still have yet to like have their big you know hit show. You know, HBO already had the long history of shows before they did the whole movie thing. And Apple TV Plus kind of got lucky with Ted Lasso. And ironically enough, they are they currently are the front runners to win Best Picture tonight with their with Coda, which is kind of nuts considering just you know just the, the long track record that that film has had since its premiere at Sundance a year ago. But well, you're going to watch I, the Oscars tonight, aren't you? I'm. Are you kidding me? I'm not watching that. After last year, I'm not watching that oh, okay. ceremony ever no, again. I'm keeping track yeah, of the. I I'm keeping track of the highlights on Twitter. I am done. I am done giving yeah. the uh, giving the Hollywood elite any more airtime than I already have. No, I'm because I guarantee you, Halo, the debut episode is going to be better than watching well, because, that. Three well, hours well, well, it's funny that you mentioned that because did you know? So obviously, everybody's been ranting and raving about how the Oscars have had absolutely like they they, they have been having they've trying to come up with like some new incentives in order to like try and get people to watch. Like they did that thing where it's like, oh, we're going to announce Twitter votes, tw- Twitter's highest voted, most popular movie of the year. And I'm like, OK, so they just brought back the best popular Oscar thing, too. But now I just saw today that supposedly they're going to be playing new clips from Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness throughout the show. I'm like, wow, they are that desperate. And so that just shows how many people have just lost interest in the Oscars. I'm like, damn, that is that. A- that is a whole new Come low. On. That is a new low right there. Even my mom, I'm like, damn, I didn't think you could sink that much lower. That's crazy. <laughs> that is nuts. Oh, yeah. man. But That's yeah. sad. So oh, my, well. back to Halo. Uh, my initial thoughts on the show. Um, interesting for the first half. I thought it wasn't bad. I like kind of the direct exposition. I'm like, okay, for somebody who's not a gamer at all, I think that the sh- at least the first half of the episode succeeded as far as okay, where we are understand that we have to make this for a very broad based audience. We have we understand that this is not something that we can make directly for the diehard gamers. Although again, they didn't consult the original gaming company Bungie, so who the hell knows? But I thought at the very least for the first half, I'm like, okay, it, it's a lot of action. It's not a whole lot of talking. You know, I'm, I'm able to follow along pretty well. You know, I understand this is some sort of an intergalactic conflict, even if I don't know the specifics of like, you know, a lot of the geopolitics go behind it. Okay, that's certainly interesting. And then we get into the second half of the episode where we have the precocious kid character and the malevolent political figures and the scientist who's trying to work in a, but under a regime that is very much, you know, against letting her do what she wants. And there's, I'm like, oh, okay, now we're getting into Tropesville and Clicheville and things that I've seen a million and a half times before. And I will once again bring up, I know, yes, cliches are a reason, but look, the, the story has to be interesting. And I believe it was around the time when, uh, I, I think the last moment that actually had me like pretty interested was the moment where you saw like the aliens on their planet and they were talking to like the one human who was like, I'm, I'm assuming, I, I don't know what the backstory of that character is, but I'm assuming leads them because she like has some disdain for humanity and like wants to team up with the covenant. I was doing a little bit of reading as far as like the, the mythology of the covenant and, and like kind of what they believe in as far as like, the, you know, the old guys who probably have to go more so in depth with that than what I know. But from what I garnered, it seemed like there seems to be like some sort of a, a some sort of a, um, a divide, let's call it a Brown's re- religious ideology. And that is what seems to be, um, you know, um, motivating the prime conflict between the humans. I'm just going to call them the humans and the covenant because I don't remember what the name of their um, what, what the name of their the kind UNSC? of government. SC, not the really UNSC. Important. Yeah, the, the <laughs> UNSC. Thank you. Before I keep stuttering over my words, the UNSC and the covenant uh, and motivating that central conflict. And then, of course, it ends with the whole. Oh, OK, so we're going to have the whole you know, uh, what's it called? A soulless soldier gets a heart of gold and then takes off his helmet and breaks the judge dread rule so that we can go off on some adventure. Cool. And awesome. see, that's not, that's a big thing. Master Chief never takes his helmet off. In right. The show, but the like, judge I think dread rules. Me being, yeah, exactly. Me being a fan of 
both the original games and a, and and a student of filmmaking, that's the adaptation type stuff that I think you need to make it enthralling for a film audience to want to connect with because a big part of acting is facial expression. So, you know, that's why I think it was smart because the video games never distinctly say either, by the way, he, sh- he can't take his helmet off. I mean, he just doesn't because the whole time you're fighting things and you wear your helmet in combat, you know? So it's like, you know, they never say he shouldn't take them off. And I think to your point of this being an, an okay first half. Yeah, for sure. Like they did, like I said earlier, they did everything right. It's just, it wasn't amazing and it wasn't nuanced in a way that made it gripping or interesting. But I mean, this, this will be a script that will get you a 100 on your, like your final. And, and if anyone in a film school made a script, this precise and direct and clean sure, Right. I mean, on paper, this thing probably reads really well. But the way it was translated is just so bland and so boring and just not like the strongest debut. And I always think it's sad when that happens, when you have something with source material that has garnered success and a huge fan base. All right. So walk us through, I guess, in order to kind of wrap this up, walk us through the storyline, walk us through where we're going. Because like I said, they're not adapting it beat for beat exactly. But I guess... For me, at least, for somebody who has no knowledge of the games, right? And you know me, I'm, I'm not like you. I don't care about spoilers at all. I'm like, because my whole thing is I'm like, I don't necessarily care about like the beats of the story per se on the IP. I just want to know if it all meshes and flows together, right? That's why I'm not, I'm never like that that apprehensive about spoilers. I'm like, okay, so this happens. Cool. How does it affect the story? You know, and I, I guess just like kind of the whole element of surprise thing really never bothers me. So as far as, okay, so Dr. Halsey, clearly she's a goner and that's how they're going to make Cortana and everything. But I guess like, what's the purpose of the artifact? What is, you know, what's called what is kind of the behind the scenes of the covenant and like kind of you know, what essentially are we looking forward to essentially because like i said i have no knowledge of the game. i have no idea what we're looking forward to so what is it that we have to look forward to and and I, I guess from there we can move into like some things that you think they may change from that source material as opposed to you know keeping the same so um in the games the covenant the alien faction want back what was once theirs which is the realms that humanity has taken over they never quite say, at least I stopped playing after quickly after it switched hands to 343. So as far as I know, they never quite say how the Covenant lost control or, or why for years they seemingly slipped away from the minds and, and, and uh, mythos of the human world. I mean, we even have that one generic ass scene where he's like, the like for some reason there's always a scottish guy in outer space right he was like <laughs> every time and they're always scottish they always have to have an accent that's the rule right he the big bearded scottish guy was like oh i heard the rumors that the truth it's the aliens and it's like okay dude like great you're freaking for some reason you're scottish <laughs> they're, they're always scottish um, every time and and so like that's the thing though like you heard the rumors people in the know they know um and obviously it's one of those worlds where technology became so strong and so powerful that it became monopolized. And so you kind of create like almost like a, an, an England type of 1400s thing where it's like the dark era where like the people in the castle know what's going on in the world. But the people outside of the castle, they don't know. They don't know shit. They're in the dark ages. You know, they don't know what's going on. They live and die not knowing and that's essentially the people we meet, right? In the great action sequence in the beginning, which it was a really fun action really sequence. Really awesome. Really, really awesome. So we know that the for some reason now the Covenant want back what was once theirs, and it's for this object. I forget the name. Doesn't really matter that much. It just what matters is there's something called the um the the ring. Um it's it's like a halo ring. 
and it's this the ring in the title yeah exactly it's this technological it's this piece of technology it's a nuclear essentially think of it as like a nuclear bomb okay and for years the key to that has been lost and the covenant want to wipe out humanity and be the sole beings in the universe and they want that back they want to destroy all the other all the other creatures out there because there are other creatures in the halo universe as well other universes and galaxies and they all intermesh and it's super universal geopolitical whatever um so there's a macguffin thing you know of course we always need a macguffin thing in these types of stories but this is how thin it is the the show needs to fill in the details here because the games don't yeah it's there but that's not what i was looking for when i was playing the games i thought it was nice to have that little narrative to sink my teeth into but I was there to play a game. You know, if I wanted to go and watch a badass sci-fi action thing, I would have put on Predator or Alien at that point in time. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like the show failed to make that thin little sort of baseline foundation the more interesting. Yeah, it, fa- it, failed, to get you in, it failed to get you invested in kind of the journey that the characters are going to take on the rest of the show by failing to emphasize the importance of any of this stuff. Because like I said, it's like, okay, there's a mystery hinting at the object and that it ties into Master Chief's origin, whatever, and I'm assuming they're going to go into a thing of where, okay, they were all abducted and experimented on as kids and that, and they're going to get into, obviously, the stripes of, oh, you know, brainwashing, you know, what, what it takes to make super soldiers and everything. You know, the, the same thing that we've seen in the boys and the Marvel and everything else that we've seen. So I'm assuming that they're going to go there with that one. But I'm like, I feel like, I, I guess what frustrates me so much is I'm like, this obviously has the money. I'm like, this should by all rights be amazing. And not just from a technical scale. This should have like all the engaging points as far as like, okay, all the different backstory and lore. But it's almost like they're afraid to go into that. Because once again, yeah. it is again that struggle of you have this rich and interesting lore, but you don't want to overwhelm the normies. And just every single time Hollywood has that problem on their hands, they almost always screw it up and just make it like, too thin for its own good. They don't go in depth where they should. You know, like I said, I'm like I'm seeing that object. I'm like, I feel like that thing. I felt that thought it was a great introduction as far as them finding and it's starting to give Master Chief the flashbacks. But like, I don't know. I felt like there was just so much more they could have done there rather than the just, you know, the, the, the political and scientist figures kind of telling us, oh, no, it's giving us flashbacks to Master Chief's origin. Oh, no, that's dangerous. Oh, no, that means we are our most valuable player has been compromised. That means we need to take him off the board. I'm like, OK, I know this already. I'm like, I, I've seen every other movie and TV show that this rips off. You know, I'm like, can we get into like maybe what the object is? And because maybe. I'm, I'm like, cause I'm like, if 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 you got to assume that if Dr. Halsey is worried about this com- compromising Master Chief, then she would obviously know something about the device, what it is, and what its origin is. And I have to assume that it ties into this weapon that you're talking about that the Covenant is after. And I think a big missed opportunity there was not going more in depth with the human figure that's in, that that's in the Covenant that's clearly there because she's opposing her own race. I'm like, okay, that's cool. That Why are we new, not? That going- was new to me. Why I'm like, I don't know if that was a character from the games or not. I'm like, why are we not going more in depth with that? So I guess just my criticisms of it, again, I'm not criticizing its adaptation as a game because I'm I don't know anything about the game. I've never I've never played the game. I know nothing about the game. I'm only going based off of what I've seen here. And what I've seen here, aside from the awesome action seek opening action sequence, is not giving me that much to work with. And I don't know, man. Like, and I, I feel just like say it one last so much thing. better. Because if it's true, I don't want to spoil it and say this character's role, but I believe the alien that was looking on that didn't quite shoot to kill right away like the rest of his kin was the Arbiter. When talking in that moment where they go into the temple, and by the way, that was an alien temple that was hidden on that earthly planet just okay. to show that they had once inhabited it. That was not human technology. Aliens are in that game. They're um, 
their iconography is the lines going through the, the stone and it's all very old school and Lovecraftian almost, you know, um, it's just missing everything but tentacles. It has everything but tentacles rather. Yeah. Um, and I think that was the Arbiter, um, who's a pretty cool character. And so that's awesome that we're introducing him. Um, because he doesn't come around until the second game and he's, he's, he's like where the narrative really starts to get strong around him and master chief's dichotomy and introducing this human girl who's apparently helping destroy her race is, is crazy because I think they've said a few times, like the humans are losing the war, you know, um, they have a hard time keeping up with the, uh, the horde of the, the, uh, the, um, the covenant. The only problem is it's just, we're getting this, what could be a really cool sci-fi story through given to us in glimpses without actually like informing us of the context. Like, Like, I feel like I'm watching like a clip show of stuff. That's given me just all the breadcrumbs of what I need to know for storylines that could be interesting, but with no context around anything. And okay, that's, that's true. And, that's and I that's... also think it's like the most generic film school way of how to execute the feeling of that scene. Right. It's right. like the most bare bones, simplest way to, tra- it's like a trope. It's like, right. okay, we got it done. That's why you can't say it's horrible because like they accomplish the moment in each beat, but it's done with no nuance. There's no uniqueness that makes it stand out (laughs) and what i'll say to that point is that's a problem that i see not just with adaptation but with a lot of tv pilots in general right even amongst some of my favorite tv pilots ever a lot of the time is just you know kind of you know introducing you to the world getting you used to the characters not really like kind of explaining and fleshing out like a lot of like the full mystery and dichotomy because they don't have to in that one episode because they're gonna have umpteen amount of episodes to go based off of so that that's why to me every pilot is kind of hit or miss i'm not usually the biggest pilots fan of all like the great pilot there's really only a few that i think really really nail it out of the park and it's breaking bad lost sopranos and surprisingly enough community i think community is one of the better comedy pilots i think i've ever seen but yeah, so that, that's a problem that I'll attribute to pilots and this being the first episode and the fact that we are going to get more of this story. And so that's that that that's the one criticism that I'll say is kind of exclusive to this as a pilot. And I don't necessarily know if it'll stand. Yeah, obviously, once we have all nine episodes of this dropped and, you know, we get a whole feeling of the show just in general. But I mean, obviously, again, just based off first impressions, not really impressed. The only thing that I really have to say, Chris, is. I ask this question every single time once we get one of these, you know, obviously Mortal Kombat, and there was one other thing that we talked about last year that I'm already forgetting about as far as video game adaptations go, but like, is this another one where Hollywood kind of has to admit defeat and try again, or do you think this could potentially actually lead somewhere, or do you think it's too soon to say, just based off of it's only the first episode, and we've still got eight more of these episodes to go? It's a great segue, Dom, as we're wrapping this podcast up, back to the start of this podcast, where you said you were surprised I wasn't as harsh as you might have thought I would have been. And it's because I think they ordered 10 episodes and they confirmed a second season already, too. Yeah. I'm going to give it a chance. I'm not going to be that hard out of the gates. I think there's room for this show to grow. Now ask me in three, four, five weeks how I feel. We'll that's going to yeah. be the real test. You and, know? That's if, and that's if we're even still watching it to begin with if we're not bombarded by the 15 million other shows that are set to drop between now and June. That's true. That is true. I have to watch so either way for shows, my guy at the movie reviews. I, I, got, I got Atlanta. We we got Moon Knight at the in, in next week. We got freaking that's better. It's next week. Better Call Saul, Barry, final season of Ozark, and Tokyo Vice all next month. Don't even get me started. It's it's too much. It's it's too much to keep track of. I hate that we have. It's crazy because again, we started the show talking TV, primarily talking about movies. Then we had to pivot to TV because of the pandemic, and now there's too much TV to keep track of. A lot of it is really good, but there's too much of it, and. It's a good oh, problem man. to have. 
it is a good problem to have. And I'm like, man, I, 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 I miss the days when I could just watch like my four or five HBO shows a year. And then occasionally something else would come up that was worth watching my time. That was worth actually, you know, my time watching. And, and now it's like, it's, it's, it's ultimately, it, it is too much, but good old yeah. days. Good old days. Yeah. Good old days reminiscing. But so final star, final thoughts and star rating. Yeah, sure. I'm going to go with, um, a two and a half out of five. Um, you know, 50, 50%. Yeah. Um, Hopefully it improves. I would, I would love. I am in its corner. I would love to see it improve, but I'm gonna be honest. And if it yeah. sucks, I'll be honest. So, I'll, I'll, yeah, go what about a, you? I'll go a little bit more on the positive side. I'll give it a three out of five. I know a lot of people are often critical of how I use threes, but I don't know. I don't know. Just the fact that like three to me is just so generic. I'm like, okay, it's right in the middle. It's not great. The production value obviously is the best part about it. The acting again, it's too soon to really tell anyone. Pablo Schreiber. I love Pablo Schreiber, but he's another one of those guys that's really hit or miss for me. It really depends on how the source material uses him. Great on the wire. I thought he sucked in Den of Thieves. But, uh, oh, and also fantastic on American Gods. So surprisingly compelling Irish accent. But uh, again, it's just the fact that it's like, okay, you're going to cast a guy like Pablo Schreiber for a character like Master Chief, who I'm guessing is a guy that you could put anybody in that part because it's one of those many instances where the name speaks louder than the actor. You know, and it's just, I, I just, I hate that every single actor has to show their face on screen and they can't just pull a Carl Urban and keep their face covered the whole time as that goes along with the character. But yeah, it's three stars and had some fun action sequences. Uh, the lore, the, the, you know, it was enough interesting stuff to keep me vaguely interested, but as a pilot itself, I didn't think it was that super compelling. So we'll see how it goes over the next couple of weeks. We'll see if I'm even still watching this in three to four weeks. Who knows? But that's it. That's our review of the Halo premiere. Let us know your guys' thoughts on the comments below. If you're watching this on Twitch, be sure to follow us. If you're listening to this on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, be sure to go back and listen to our entire other catalog that we have. We have released, I believe this is, we're almost at 130 podcast episodes, which we've released over the course of the last three years. Man, I love how, hey man, you say that's a lot, man. I love how consistent we've been over these last couple of years. And just so they know, since we are new to Twitch, we've only taken three weeks off, and that's only because it would have been a forced podcast that would not have been up to the quality of the show. So that we, we care about you guys. We no, only we're the take... last we're the last people to care about quality over quantity, as we've come to learn in in the <laughs> last year. It, it it shows that maybe when you have a better product, it, 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 maybe people will actually watch it rather than you just pumping content after content after content, hoping that somebody might watch it. Streamers in Hollywood take notes. Uh, but you can follow us on our social media profiles at official talking TV podcast across all platforms. You can follow this guy at Christian Ivanko across all platforms. He makes a lot of great music. You guys should really check it out. It's really freaking good. It's better than most of the music that I listen to now. Follow me at, um, across all platforms at movie nerd reviews. Uh, I am the movie nerd always never changed that name. Had that name since high school. Never getting rid of it. And as always people 12 seasons in a short film and watch more fucking movies. We'll see you guys next time.